Welcome to BIV Today. I'm Tyler Orton. Now, next month, the province will be deploying what it is calling BC vaccine cards. These digital certificates will be used to confirm patrons' vaccine statuses at everything from restaurants to gyms to concerts, what the government is calling non-discretionary locations. One of the biggest questions, though, is just how safe and effective they'll be when it comes to our private data. The federal government outlined what would be shared in their own international traveler's passport that they are developing in time for the fall. But the BC one is upon us in just a few weeks. So with us to lend some insights on some of the security concerns, privacy concerns we might have, it is one David Masson. He is Director of Enterprise Security at Darktrace. David, thanks for joining us on the show today. It's absolutely my pleasure. So... What do these BC vaccine cards need to do for them to be secure, or at least for us to feel as if uh, we are having our data and our privacy secured as we're using them? Uh, actually, you made a very good point there, uh, Tyler. It's what, what do they need to do to make us feel as though we're secure? Because many people don't feel secure, they lose trust in these systems very, very quickly. Um, there's probably two aspects to it, and I'm sure you're going to bring up what's happened in Quebec at some point in the next few minutes. Now, there's two aspects to it. It's one, where is the data stored in the first place? That needs to be secured. And then it's the actual app uh, that I'm going to use myself, my electronic app, is that secure at the same time? So there's two aspects. It's where the data all is, and then the bit, a little bit of the data that you're going to use to try and get into the gym. Now, obviously, if you're going to go low tech and you're just printing it off on a piece of paper, you don't have to worry about this. But most people probably want, they're going to want it on their phone, they're going to want it in an app form or whatever type it is. But they'll also want to know that when they use it, all I'm telling people is that I'm vaccinated and whatever's in, in the app, and I'm not handing over my contacts list and all my WhatsApp messages at the same time. So we see that, as you mentioned, these are being deployed in Quebec as well. And we also know that uh, New York has their own form, I think like three different kinds of you know vaccine, quote unquote, passports. You know, What are we learning from other jurisdictions about maybe the right or the wrong ways to go about uh, doing this? Well, we've just had a perfect example of that here in Canada, just in the last 24 hours. Um, so Quebec announced their vaccine passport a couple of days ago. Um, and there's, on the face of it, looks very safe. The actual uh, QR code that they're going to use, you can't actually hack the Q. Well, you can hack QR codes, but you can't hack this one because it's got a digital signature. So when you show your phone to the uh, security at the nightclub you're trying to get into, it'll basically say, this is my name, this is my date of birth. I don't know why you need the date of birth, but anyway, and I am double vaccinated and I'm okay and you can let me in. Um, but what's actually happened, of course, is the repository of the data got hacked. <laughs> okay, got hacked last night. Wow. Where guys were able to, we don't know quite how they've done it, but they managed to get in through the portal, the, the Government of Quebec portal, and download the QR codes for various individuals, including the Premier, Francois Legault. Uh, just to prove a point. Now, it's great they've now told um, the Quebec government this, and obviously they'll get that fixed pretty quickly. But there's the issue. You need the security on the app, on your phone, but you need security of where the data resides at the same time. And somebody hacked it. Imagine that. Within 24 hours, they hacked into it. As you said, uh, proving a point there. And, and I do wonder how the BC rollout is going to go. The, the government here insists that there will be more details come uh, before September 13th mm. when it's set mm. to launch. But one of the things that Dr. Bonnie Henry, the provincial health officer here, mentioned is that it, it'll be something that you save on your phone. She didn't make explicit reference unless I missed it, but I don't believe she made explicit reference to, say, a QR code. And, and we're seeing that in so many other countries. Like, yeah. what do you make of our potential plan? Like, 
what if it's just like an image or something like that? That that seems like something that could easily be shared. It could easily be forged if somebody just wanted to get a hold of this image that you have on your phone. Well, it depends what you're going to show it to because there's the app that you use to prove that you're vaccinated. And then who? what, what do you do? Do you just show them a picture or do they, does somebody scan it? There's going to have to be somebody on the other side has another version of the app to actually receive the information and to verify that what you're saying is absolutely true. Um, the simplest version that we've seen so far is Quebec's QR code. It's just a signed code, uh, sorry, signed QR image, and that's it. That's all it is. There's nothing more. There's nothing. It's almost like it's a piece of paper photographed there of, on my phone. But people have already pointed out that somebody could scan it and scan it twice, scan it once to say, yeah, yeah, come on into the gym, but at the same time, scan it to capture it. Now, right now, I don't think there's a big market in captured, what, what should we call them, captured um, vaccination photographs. Um, I'm sure there will be a market for people who want to buy them who aren't uh, who aren't vaccinated. We, we wait to see. Um, but it will be possible yet to take images of images and perhaps use them somewhere else. There is always a market for personal identifiable information, and this will be an addition to that market. Um, having, having something that just says I'm double vaccinated is not much use to you if you're a criminal. Having something that's got a date of birth and a name plus vaccinated is of more use. Um, and they could then use that with other bits of personal data that you can grab, scrape, steal from other people uh, to build identities and therefore make it a far more monetized product. Uh, but we haven't quite got there yet. Yeah, you know, you're actually kind of leading into what I wanted to ask you about next, because the federal government says that's what their passport is going to have is, you know, information like what kinds of vaccines you got, the dates of the vaccines. I'm just like, that's more kind of on the privacy side. I'm not necessarily sure that you can necessarily, you know, forge somebody's identity by getting that information. But should we be concerned about just how much information and what kind of information might be stored within the kind of these apps? Well, that's exactly it. What, what is it you have to hand over? I mean, at its bare minimum, it's going to be, yes, I am double vaccinated or I'm one, you know, vaccinated. That's what's required, okay, to let you in. Um, uh, my issue with the Quebec one is why do you need my date of birth? Yeah. <laughs> why, why, why do you need that? Some of them will have your sex. Well, why, why, why do you need my sex? Plus my date of birth, my vaccination to get in. Um, don't you just need to know that I'm double vaccinated? Um, it's probably going to be the case uh, in its barest minimum. It'll be something that says, yes, I am vaccinated. And then they say, have you got other forms of ID? And guess what? You're going to pull out your, your driver's license or maybe your uh, BC health card or something like that just to back it up. Because um, I don't think you need all the information in your BC health card in your vaccination app all at the same time. There's often uh, a feeling to provide more information than people really, really actually need. And at its bare minimum, all you've got to say is, it's me and I'm double vaccinated. Let me in. Yeah, I, I'm just very curious about how this rollout is going to happen. We're still awaiting more details from the BC government. But uh, did, what's your takeaway about what we've been seeing, you know, just globally with regards to this? Has there been some sort of pushback? Um, have there been thoughts from people about, you know, those concerns about safety and security? Like, it, it's still something that's very novel here in North America. Uh, yeah, there has been a bit of uh, pushback. And I noticed there's been a fair bit of pushback here in BC where there's been uh, businesses saying we're not going to comply with this. That's quite interesting. Uh, in Quebec, they're basically saying businesses, if you don't comply with this, you're going to be in trouble. Um, so that's been interesting to see that. For most people, the issue is always, is it okay? Is it safe? Am I going to lose something? Somebody hacks into it. Um, and there's obviously been a bit of a problem in Quebec where the actual repository of the data was hacked. And it doesn't sound like it was a di particularly difficult hack to, to do that. So people will always want to know, 
okay, I've handed over, I've given some of my data to this organization so I can enter the building or get in the restaurant or whatever. What they're going to want to know is, did that organization then keep it? Did they need to keep it? If they are keeping it, are they keeping it safe and secure? I think the best way would be to be to just show that it's verified, it's absolutely true and correct, and that the people you're offering it to don't get to keep it or, or hang on to it. Um, uh, there's been lots of issues where when you've offered over uh, data about yourself, well, airlines are particularly famous for not being very good at looking after people's uh, PII. So people don't really be happy about that. And there's just been an interesting incident uh, just within the last week, uh, I'm sure you're aware that T-Mobile down in the States got hacked again. And there's now um, a lawsuit uh, going against uh, T-Mobile where the people who brought the lawsuit are saying to T-Mobile, yes, we'll give you our personal identifiable information, but we want you to keep it. We don't want you to keep it on the cloud because the cloud isn't T-Mobile, it's somewhere else. Uh, so you do get people pushing back and, and saying, You've got to keep my data safe, and I want you to keep it safe, not somebody else to keep it safe. The interesting thing here about British Columbia, though, I, I believe it's one of just three provinces with specific privacy legislation here, but I don't believe anything relates to, say, vaccination data or anything like that. Is this going to be something that, you know, the, the government will have to kind of navigate in a very careful way or else it could open it itself up to a lot of legal problems? Yeah, absolutely. And of course, I mean, we've got to say that uh, the BC government's in a difficult position because they're trying to second guess what the future holds and nobody yeah. really knows what the future holds. And, and, and you know, Quebec government, they got hacked. Did they want to get hacked? No, they didn't want to get hacked. They figured they'd covered all the angles, but guess what? They hadn't. There's always clever people out there who will find a way to get around things. And, and the BC government will be considering that and be thinking, well, what are we going to do here? Um, on the one hand, they're trying to get society to open up. They're trying to get society to survive a pandemic, okay? So that we can get on with life. We're gonna to have to accept that it's the COVID's here probably for a long time. And we're trying to we're trying to make things life easier for people. Balanced against and to do that, we're gonna be asking people to allow some of their identity to be used so that they can get on with making life easier. And there'll be legal issues around that, and there'll be privacy issues. And there will be security issues. Don't forget, no security, no privacy. Okay? Privacy and security aren't the same thing. Uh, and they're trying to guess what the future is going to hold. I'm, I'm actually going to say that BC government needs to be on standby to get hacked. It's probably going to happen. It might have nothing to do with um, uh, vaccine passports, but it might get tied to vaccine passports when it happens. Yeah, it's almost like, uh, sure, you can drive a car if you want, but you also have to wear a seatbelt at the same time. So it's kind of like it's not just going to be kind of a free for all for everything there. Um, as we leave you off, though, uh, obviously, you're a cybersecurity expert. And yeah. I, I, I still think I can throw this question at you, though. But, um, when you when you <laughs> but um, you know, everybody pretty much has a smartphone, but not everyone does, especially, you know, you speak to more of the elderly people. Uh, BC right. has alluded to the fact that there will be some alternatives for those that may not yep. have a smartphone. Um, Good. Any concerns uh, about uh, maybe potential forgeries or what do you think about kind of BC leaving the options open for those both with smartphones and those without? Uh, no, BC is doing absolutely the right thing because we can't have society where people are now being excluded from it because they can't afford technology. Okay, and there's lots of people can't afford technology. Uh, don't laugh, I'm speaking to you on a smartphone right now, but I've got a personal phone. It's still, guess what? It's just a flip phone. There's nothing on it. The reason I got it is because you can't hack it. It's just a boring old phone. Um, so yeah, you, you can't do that. 
Um, but it's always going to be that trade-off between technology and ease of use and making life better for us all uh, by using technology. And then those people who can't use technology or who are, who are excluded from using technology or can't afford technology. So BC is right to produce um, what's, what we're going to call it, an old-fashioned, low-tech version. But you say, can it be forged? Well, yeah, well, counterfeited. Yeah, yeah, of course it can, but everything can be. And don't forget, your smartphone can be forged. Um, somebody could do a swim, SIM swap in my phone. And by the way, if there's any hackers watching, I'm pretty wise that SIM swapping gig. But somebody could do that and quite literally counterfeit my phone and off they go and pretend to be me and get into nightclubs and cause merry hell. Um, by the way, I'm quite an old guy, so it's unusual for me to be in nightclubs. And the technology that my <laughs> company uses will pretty much realize that I've departed from my partner of life and I've started frequenting all these nightclubs in Vancouver, which I normally never do. And we'll realize that something's gone wrong. But that's not always the case for everybody. So the BC government's right to make sure that society as a whole, um, for those who are vaccinated, can prove that they can with using technology or not using technology. Well, I think we have something in common. Uh, our night clubbing, night clubbing days are, are both behind <laughs> us. But um, if you're ever in town and it's safe, we we can maybe go ahead and uh, scan our cards and uh, maybe go out for a night on the town. But uh, David, tonight, <laughs> I just want to thank you for joining us on the show today. You're very welcome. Thanks. That's David Masson. He is Director of Enterprise Security at Dark Trace. And I just want to thank everyone for listening to the show today. That is it for now, but we will be back next week. Until then, go to BIV.com. We have more interviews and more stories up there. Have a great weekend, everybody. I'm Tyler Orton.